Buenos dias. This is the Rorschach Argentina update from Thursday, the 29th of April, 2021. Every single week, we will let you know stuff happening in Argentina to keep you on top of what's going down. The Argentinian government is still trying to tread the thin line between economic pain and health care gain with the second wave of the pandemic hitting hard. Last week, we talked about the new restrictions that had been introduced, and although these are still in place, many believe they won't be enough to protect the struggling health system. The Ministry of Health said on Monday that the occupancy of ICU beds in Greater Buenos Aires, or AMBA, has continued to grow and is currently at 76%. Worryingly, some local hospitals are reporting problems sourcing oxygen and up to 10 hours of delay in access to an ICU with more than 5,000 hospitalized across the region. With the health system saturated and its staff stressed, government is likely to tighten COVID-19 restrictions before the weekend. The existing measures imposed 10 days ago via an emergency decree from President Alberto Fernandez are set to expire on Friday. So ministers will meet this week with the cabinet chief health minister, Carlo Visotti, and an expert scientific advisory group at Casa Rosada to discuss the next steps. Given the delicate situation of the health system, we can expect unanimity on the part of the experts on the need to tighten circulation controls. It'll be up to political leaders to follow their advice or not. While the second wave is going strong, so is the education dispute. The Supreme Court is expected to decide on the conflict over in-person classes between the national and Buenos Aires governments this week, although Argentina's national government has yet to present its case. By taking the dispute to the Supreme Court, the opposition aims to demonstrate that the decree issued by President Alberto Fernandez ordering the suspension of in-person classes is unconstitutional, while the national government is expected to argue that no rights have been eliminated, rather that restrictions have been placed on some rights to preserve the health of the wider population. People are still pinning their hopes on the local production of the Sputnik V vaccine, Since last week's news about the pharmaceutical firm Laboratorios Richmond started to produce it, more than 21,000 doses have been delivered to Moscow for quality control checks. Marcelo Figueras, Laboratorios Richmond CEO, expressed his delight at the good news, praising the skill of the national scientists. He also confirmed that the initial doses will be used for Argentina at first while the pandemic lasts. However, the initial press release from the firm said that doses produced in Argentina, quote, could be exported to countries in Central and Latin America at a later stage, end quote. Figueiras also explained that Richmond's existing plants could produce up to 5 million doses, both of the first and second shots, each month. He said, however, that the firm would start with a million and that they would be ready in June, quote, if everything goes well, end quote. In order to meet that deadline, he hopes to have the elements such as seals, bottles, caps in place. And although he was optimistic, he warned that delays were possible. As the news broke, the productive development minister, Matthias Kulfas, expressed his pride and said that it is important not only because a Sputnik V vaccine is being produced in Argentina, but because it will leave installed capacities for a long time. Also related to expanding businesses, the Argentine crop monitoring app SEMA, Monitoreo de Cultivos, opened a round of investment this year from which the firm hopes to gather $2 million in investment. The app, which is available in eight countries, had a turnover of $1 million in 2020. It helps producers manage their crops by enabling them to extremely accurately predict 
things such as estimated yield. The firm was even partnered with NASA, and they're now looking to grow their business across Latin America. Speaking of finances, Buenos Aires, which has been in default for almost a year, is looking to resume the endless negotiations with bondholders five weeks after being sued by creditors in a New York court. According to a statement posed on the regional government's website, Argentina's largest province will invite its main creditors to a round of consultations to identify final improvements in its debt restructuring offer and that it will announce a modified offer in the next few weeks. This comes after renewed criticism from the province's largest group of creditors who said that the provincial officials have not presented a debt restructuring proposal that accurately reflects the regional government's ability to pay an important consideration and that they've chosen to pursue a course of confrontation and default. They filed a lawsuit against the province again in New York courts back in March asking for more than $366 million U.S. million in unpaid principal and interest. Now, Governor Kitsilov and his team have no option but to return to the negotiating table. Another conflict that needs to be tackled is social unrest in Patagonia. For the past four weeks, health workers on the front line of the coronavirus pandemic have been demanding higher wages to keep pace with inflation rates, blocking the roads near the shale patch, Vaca Muerta, as a way of protesting. These roadblocks, they prevent oil crews and equipment from reaching drilling sites in the region. As winter rolls in and Argentina's demand for natural gas grows, the situation will force the government to import more fuel, intending to compensate for the deficit in the cheapest way possible. The government will mix supplies from Bolivia that come via gas pipeline with imports from its two floating facilities of liquefied natural gas and purchases of other liquid fuels for power generation. Roadblocks are also disrupting transportation routes with Chile, and although some of the protesters agreed to wage increases on Tuesday, non-unionized workers have still not agreed. Vaca Muerta is one of the world's largest shale, oil, and gas fields. It has become a magnet for investment, drawing the interests of super majors like Shell and ExxonMobil. If you want to know more about the subject, watch the 22-minute English-subtitled Philo News' documentary. We'll put the link in the episode's description. A subject that does seem to be amassing general consensus is a commitment to tackling climate change. On Thursday the 22nd, President Alberto Fernandez participated in the virtual Earth Day Summit against climate change convened by his U.S. counterpart, Joe Biden. During the event, Fernandez told world leaders that he was fully on board with attempts to limit the increase in global temperatures to 1.5 degrees Celsius and stressed that Argentina will honor the aims laid out in the Paris Agreement. More specifically, he said that he had instructed his cabinet to develop a national adaptation and mitigation plan, adding that he will soon send Congress a bill for the environmental protection of native forests. However, Fernandez then used much of his speaking time to push the idea that international credit organizations should provide financial support for environmental commitments, such as debt swaps for climate action. Also in line with international relations, Uruguay formally unveiled a proposal to its Mercosur partners, which would make the trade negotiations more flexible and allow each country to enter into agreements unilaterally with third parties. Currently, the internal rules of Mercosur, a regional integration process established by Argentina, Brazil, Paraguay, and Uruguay, prevented each country from seeking trade agreements with third parties without the consent of the other partners. But if members agree to Uruguay's proposal presented on Monday, they would no longer need to negotiate jointly. 
The initiative will likely be initially opposed by Argentina. On Monday the 26th, the government called for an emergency meeting of foreign ministers in Buenos Aires to see if a certain level of flexibility is possible, but they anticipated that Uruguay's proposal is a direct violation of the bloc's founding principles. We'll have to stay tuned for the evolution and progress on these trade bloc negotiations. We have new updates, however, on a different negotiation. Last week's episode, we touched base on the possibility of the midterm elections being postponed. On Friday the 23rd, the opposition finally agreed to delay them by a month as the national government wanted, given the recent increase in COVID-19 infections. Although the opposition agreed, they asked that no more modifications be made to the electoral schedule. This means that the primary elections, referred to as Paso in Spanish will now take place in September. That's it for this week. If you like the show, make sure to subscribe and share it with your friends. Let us know your thoughts and ideas. Leave us a review. You can also send us an email with recommendations or questions at podcast at Rorschach.com. Nos vemos.